What's up, fellas? How's it going? Uh, This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication, offering cutting-edge technology and innovation. Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From the NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for any and every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. You can visit Sideline Power at sidelinepower.com. You can email them at info at sidelinepower.com. Or you can give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. You can visit Team Attack Academy at teamattackacademy.com. And then last but certainly not least, uh, something that means a lot to us, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Wounded Warriors Project. Since 2003, Wounded Warriors Project has been a tireless advocate for our nation's finest, improving the lives of over half a million warriors and their families. Wounded Warrior Projects led the charge in legislation to help caregivers and catastrophically wounded veterans, impacting two bills that have resulted in more than $3 billion in financial assistance, training, and health care coverage. Wounded Warrior Project is committed to helping wounded veterans achieve their highest ambition, to learn how you can support their mission like we do, visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with fellow Coach Tube, Coach Slade Singleton. Coach Singleton is the OC and quarterbacks coach at Chase High School in Forest City, North Carolina. Listen as we talk with Coach Singleton about his football journey in North Carolina, lessons for all coaches in game planning and tailoring an offense to your high school personnel, and some of our favorite part, an in-depth conversation about his many classes, uh, Rule of Four, Air Raid DNA, and his all-22 spread offense courses, which are all on CoachTube, uh, which you guys can find, which uh, we're going through right now and looking through uh, a couple of these courses. You guys can find all of that at CoachTube.com. Uh, you can also follow Coach Singleton on Twitter at Slade248. Hope you guys enjoy. Obviously, introduce yourself to, to some of our listeners. Talk about, um, you know, kind of your rise up through the ranks and what you're doing now and, and uh, kind of how you got there. Uh, my name is Slade Singleton. Uh, I live here in, at right, side of Ash, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, been coaching for about eight years. Uh, been an OC for six. Um, just took over the OC position at Chase High School in Far City, North Carolina. Um, you know, it's my third down program that I've been a part of. 
um, you know, I kind of like the challenge of, of trying to come in and, and, you know, change the culture and, and help, you know, the kids find success. Um, you know, so that's pretty much for it. You know, I, I got into coaching at a young age, um, actually right out of high school. Uh, Travis Nolan here in uh, North Carolina gave me a, a chance to come in and learn from him when he was at Tuscola High School. And, you know, and I kind of fell in love with it. And, and it's just, I took it off from there, you know, just uh, just trying to learn every day. And, and I try to share and help people as much as I can, cause just kind of paying it forward, because that's what people did for me. And I, I feel that, you know, I need to, to repay it. Coach, who are some of the guys? I know you, you've been an offensive guy, I would imagine, for, for quite a while. Who are some of the guys that were kind of, you know, huge mentors in your game? And then maybe guys you kind of studied from afar. Um, I know, I know you, you've kind of put out some of your own language. You, you're a little bit, you know, kind of of the, the air raid strain. Um, who, who are some of the guys that maybe you studied from? Because I'm always interested in, in kind of hearing how coaches came up to the ranks. I kind of got my start studying the West Coast offense. So I'm always interested to hear uh, from you guys you know, where, where you got your start. Well, back in high school, we ran – I mean, we were triple option. Um, so, you know, I played receiver, and, and I did a lot of blocking. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we, we would throw it, um, you know, maybe five, six times a game, and that was about it. Um, you know, when I, when I got with Travis, I mean, he's a pro-style guy. So I started in pro-style. Uh, we were under center, and we were in the gun zone. Um, but a lot of our stuff was, you know, we were, we were play action and, and, you know, we ran power and counter and all that good stuff, but we were under center, uh, about 90% of the time. So, um, when I branched out a little bit, um, I went to North Buncombe high school and we, we just didn't have the, the guys up front to really be that pro style, uh, team. So, you know, I started researching, um, some air raid stuff. So, you know, how mom, me, Mike Leach all those guys, um, you know, and, and I actually got in touch with Rich Hargett um, and talked a little bit with him, and he showed me some things. And when I was, you know, trying becoming an OC when I first uh, took the job there, he showed me some air raid stuff, and it was really good. And, and basically, I, I've just kind of taken that and the air raid stuff, because we're not full air raid. I mean, we run yeah. air raid concepts. Um, but I, you know, my whole deal is I, I want to run the football, um, but I'm going to spread you out to do that. So, um, you know, basically that's what we want to do. We want to run it, but I mean, if you're going to let, you know, allow us to throw it, we'll do that as well. Um, but anyway, back at North Buncombe high school, we just didn't have the kids to, to consistently run it. So we, um, we spread people out. We threw it a lot. Um, uh, we did some RPO stuff, you know, you're there, it was your basic, um, you know, bubble now screen. Um, we ran some a snag RPO. I mean, just you know, real basic stuff. And we've kind of branched off from there a little bit, um, you know. But other guys I've looked at, you know, I've studied a lot of Auburn, Gus Malzahn, um, uh, you know, Chip Kelly, obviously. Um, you know, those guys, those guys that want to play fast. Um, I've studied a lot of that, and we just kind of put our own, our own little swing on things that they do. Um, and we've tried to adapt it to uh, to the high school level. Uh, is basically what you know what we do. I always, uh, I think that's really interesting about the, you know, and I know you say you're not necessarily all air raid, you just have some air raid staples. But um, I kind of a few months ago was sitting uh, 
doing a baseball game, doing the score for a baseball game, sitting up there. Our offensive coordinator came up there, and, and he had kind of gave me the rundown about all the air raid as far as, um, you know, kind of where it came from and Mummy and, and then Leach and then uh, – what was the other guy's name, Walls, that kind of split off from all of them? Well, it, was in, it was in Atlanta. That was Frank Tony Franklin. Franklin, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and then Franklin, and, and he kind of has his own thing, and it's kind of cool to see that whole tree come off of it and come down, and then and then obviously you've got some branches, and I don't know if if necessarily Malzon and those guys are branches of that. I don't really know how all the specifics, yeah. work, but it's kind of cool to see start from one singular singular spot and it kind of go through um, different changes, and then you go like the, you know, obviously as me as an offensive line guy. Um, not real well versed in it. You see, very similar to me um, as far as like uh, the the Oregon type and the Texas Tech type, but it's still completely different. I mean, I know now, really looking at it, studying it, they're completely different. But it's kind of cool seeing it almost come from that same. Uh, almost looks like it's come from that same tree, and and how far, how different they can become from that. You know, completely air raid to now, kind of what Tulsa, what Auburn, um, what. Uh, schools like that are doing right you know I had the privilege to sit I sat down with um, Chris Hatcher I've sat down with Matt Mummy um, you know Matt's a little different than his dad I mean Matt wants to run the football a little bit more and do some things but just seeing their you know how they look at it and how they do it was pretty interesting what uh, I say a lot of that I guess you know probably comes from those guys kind of meeting up I know it was always the hot ticket at the the AFCA was, was being able to get into those private, they used to call them the one back clinics. So I know like yeah. Holgerson, Holgerson and some of those guys had, had kind of branched from it. Um, uh, Stiddy out at, at Colorado school of mines. He was another guy that, that brought some different plays to it. And, and it's like, you know, coach Harper was saying, I think it's, it's so cool how you've seen it evolve because, you know, originally, yes, people hear air raid, they think, oh, I'm going to throw it 84 <laughs> times a game, you know, when, and in all honesty now, I mean, now it's gotten to the point where, you know, if, if you're going to give me this, I'm going to be able to take it and I'm going to run for 400 yards. If you're going to give me this, yeah, then I have the, the flexibility to be able to do it. I mean, if you're going to put stress on a defense, you have to be able to do both, you know, and, and yeah. Harper said, yeah. Harper's, you know, Harper's saying, you know, I'm just an O-line guy. I, I learned it from just an O-line guy as well when he said, you know, Coach Walls, it was Denver Johnson. He said, we're not going to be very good at running it if we can't throw it. And we're yep. not going to be very good at – we're not going to be very good at throwing it if we can't run it. So you got to have the ability to do both. So, you know, what what are right. some things that, that you're trying to do to make sure that – you know, what, what do you say your best run schemes are to, to keep people honest? And what would you say some of your best stuff off of that – I know you've gotten big into, you know, a book that you read. And I th and to me, it's really, really interesting. You call it the rule of four. Um, and, and you've kind of, you've kind of built your whole offensive system on that, that simplicity. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because it, it kind of fascinates me. And it's one of the things that I think that, that we have to do as, as high school coaches is really keep things simple and, and put it in those kind of terms and then build off of it. Right. We, well, basically, you know, I, when I came into, um, you know, North Buncombe and Madison, you know, the first thing I heard was, you know, they had a hundred and some plays. I mean, like 160 plays, you know, and I, I asked them, I said, well, what are you good at? And they said, well, we're not very good at anything. <laughs> I said, you can't be very good. You can't, you can't be very good with that stuff when you've got 160 plays. I mean, how do you practice that? I mean, it's honestly, impossible. <laughs> you, you can't, you know, so, so we sat down and, 
and we decided that we were going to come up with four of the, out of each category. So we're going to come up with four runs, four screens, four quicks, and four dropbacks. And we're just going to get really good at them. You know, and after that, you can move on to other stuff. You know, every year is different. I mean, you know, it might be a different quarterback. You might have different receivers. You know, you might be better up front. Um, but you can move on from those four once you realize, you know, once you see what you have. But you have to have a base. You have to start somewhere. And we thought four was good enough um, for us to start. And we go in the spring with those four, and we just them, and then we find ways to uh, to window dress them, um, yep. you know, to get better at them. So, you know, depending on what we have at quarterback, I love quarterback runs. Um, I think it gives you a lot, especially you can end up plus one in the box a lot. And it stresses the defense to have to worry about the quarterback being a runner. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we run – we run power. We run counter. Uh, we're an inside zone, um, you know, uh, outside zone stretch uh, team, you know. And then we'll, th- we'll throw in a little trap. Um, I like influence trap. Um, I'm going to give Justin Clark a shout-out because he, he showed me the influence trap, and I loved it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it all depends on your kids. It doesn't matter. That's what I tell people when I talk about the rule of four is, it doesn't have to be my rule of four. It can be whatever offense you run. Just take four out of each category and get good at them. And then that way your kids are comfortable with those four, and you can always tag off of it. You know, that's what we do a lot. We we tag off, off our base quick game or off our base dropback game. You know, we add tags to our run game. You know, I mean, RPOs, we just tag them. Or, we, we you know, we do one-word calls now, but before we just tagged off of it. Um. But the whole thing of the rule of four is just being simple. Uh, you know, being simple, allowing your kids to to learn things, you know, in a simple way and, and uh, you know, let them play fast and just let them have a little bit of freedom. Because you can't, you know, you're not going to tell a kid to go, are you going to learn these 100 plays? Well, that's not going to happen because they're not going to remember those 100 plays. Um, so, you know, we, we go into a game, I'll be honest with you, we'll go into a game with, you know, 25, maybe 25 plays. Um, we might not get to all 25. Um, but you asked a little bit how we do, you know, to, you know, to, to get the box and how we, we just try to formation people. Okay. Um, you know, if I, I can formation you somehow, some way, you've got to honor my pass. You've got to honor my run. If my quarterback's a runner, you're probably not going to empty the box too much. Um, that allows us to do things in the screen game and, and the quick game on the perimeter, eventually they're going to empty that box because you're killing them with those, and then you got your quarterback run and, runs and your regular runs. Um, you know, we just like to be multiple is basically what we like to be. I mean, I like for defense coordinators to have to, you know, sit down and say, well, man, well, they run this with the quarterback, they run it with the tailback. Now they're bringing jet motion with the with the slot or, or orbit motion. I mean, just it's all wind addressing, a lot of it is. Um, but if you don't honor it, then, we, you know, we'll definitely – use it i mean we we run inside zone and throw the orbit bubble off of it a lot um you know but just things like that and i mean that's how we operate very simple coach when you're when you're looking to formation people into the into the right looks and the looks that you're, you're that you're wanting is it something that is it's almost purely off of study film study or is it do you have a menu going into a game and you try to hit um a certain whatever 12 10, whatever formations, and then see what you're getting that week. And then from then on, once you see your what you're getting, then you try to uh, pick and choose and stay heavy with the formations that give you the right look. It's a little bit of both. 
um, you know, film study, we see how they line up to certain things. But a lot of times the problem is, you know, as a spread team, you know, they might have played two weeks ago or, or the past two weeks, they might have played triple option teams. Well, you don't know how they're going to line up when you're out there in empty. Or you're out there in trio or, or things like that. So you kind of just have to, you know, maybe guess a little bit and try to figure out how they, you know, who are they going to take out of the box or are they going to roll the safety down, um, things like that. But we, you know, we, we do put in formations, and I don't really add formations. I mean, I don't come up with a different formation each week, and my formations are set. Um, we just find different ways to get into them um, by motion or, or shifting or anything like that. Um, but, you know, we, we do go into the game with the same plays we started week one. Again, we're just window dressed them a little bit different. So we don't really change formations. I mean, you know, we have one where we call X or Z over where we go five wide. I mean, we're, we're five receivers on one side of the field. And basically that's just to, to throw a wrench into what they're doing. A lot of times people call time out when I do that. But, um, <laughs> you know, again, I don't try to get real, you know, real cute with them. But, I mean, if I can, you know, if I think I can get somebody with some motions and shifts and, and uh you know, I don't go as far as Matt Canada does of shifting about 20 times before he snapped the ball. But <laughs> if I can, you know, if I can shift, a, you know, a little bit to gain some leverage or something somewhere or or just push motion the tail back out just to get eyes moving, um, you know, and if they don't honor it, we'll throw it out there. But, but you know, for for the most part, we go into the, to each week, Sam, these are our, you know, we have what we call fastballs that we're going to run, you know, you know, fastballs or, or one-word calls that we're going to run each week. Um, you know, the teams might know what's coming. They they see it on film. You know, we might try to, like I said, win the dress a little bit different each week. But they're they're there, and, and our kids are comfortable with those. And, you know, a lot of times we'll start the game with those um, just because we're we're comfortable with them. Um, and we, we only run them one way. I don't, I don't try to run them, one, you know, uh, each side. You know, if we line up and whatever it is and it's run to the right, it's going to stay, you know, we're going to run it to the right. That's just how they know it, um, you know. So, again, we're just trying to be simple. I've talked to a couple of different college coaches, and, and I've seen some of them do that, and they do it out of multiple personnel. So they have some of the uh, one words, whether it's, you know, whatever, bottle. Just a bottle means, hey, we're going to be in um, whatever, trips right, and we're going to run inside zone right. You guys do – and then even if they had, you know, two tight personnel in, if they call bottle, they've taught those guys how to get into trips right, run inside zone right. Is that something that you guys do as well? Is it something that you could do out of multiple personnels, or is it something where you've got different one words for different personnels that you have out on the field? No, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we try to do it all out of the same. It doesn't matter what formation we're in. It, it's still the same rules basically for the kids. Um, so we don't try to change that. So we, you know, we don't we don't sub a lot because we, you know, we don't get we don't have the kids really to to say, hey, well, this package works with this set of kids this package with this kid and we try to we try not to sub at all so if we can you know I, I was blessed at Madison to have a big tailback where we could put him down at tight end um you know he was that big a kid and so we didn't have to change personnel we'd go two tights we'd bring our you know we'd bring our h in and put him down and we'd put our tailback down and so we you know, would be two tights and then we're two tight empty you know with, with the quarterback and and things like that so um and we were able to do the same plays I mean Basically, our, our fastballs or our, our one-word calls can be run out of any formation we have. 
I love it. Co- Coach Harper and I, I mean, I think, you know, when we're, we're together at Broken Arrow, I mean, I guess obviously we didn't, you know, call it rule of four, but I mean, we were inside zone. We were uh, a version of power, whether it was weak power, strong power. And then we mm-hmm. were pin, pin pull. And then I think we always tried to have like one scheme run, you know, per week. I kind of got that from, from Dave Alexander, whether it's a counter or whether it is a trap. But I, I just I think you're 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 exactly onto something there. I mean, the kids get really comfortable with with what you're doing, and and then you know being able to just make a couple of tags off of it. I think it just makes it it super simple with within the run game. I don't think you need to really get any more complicated than that. I'm wondering though, what what are your favorite RPOs that you run off of some of those things? You don't have to give away all your secrets, but you know I didn't I didn't I didn't notice any you know anything in the the writing there on your kind of. You know, rule of four RPOs. Do you have four RPOs that you carry, or is that kind of a, a little bit less, a little bit more? What do you What are you kind of doing in the RPO game? We We try to have now. Most of our fastballs or our one word calls are RPOs. So, okay. basically, we take we're going to take whatever runs or runs that we're good at, which we want to be good at the inside zone. We want to be good at now. Our outside zone at Madison was more of a pin and pull than it was a straight stretch. Mm, nice. um, we would pin, we, yeah, we would pin and pull it because we we wasn't very good at trying to to reach and uh, and get out there. So you know, we we decided we were better at pin and pull. But you know, obviously, we're gonna throw the bubble. You know, everybody does. We're gonna we're gonna throw the now screen, uh, and we're also gonna throw a little snag RPO. Um, we like the pop RPO in the eight when our Gator set, which is H back set. Um, you know, we like to throw the pop to the H, um, you know, and obviously you got, you know, we've got one we call, I'll change the name, but we call it Miami, um, where, um, we've got double slants, um, to the right and we've got bubble called to the, to the left. So basically what the quarterback's reading on the bubble pre-snap is leverage. Mm -hmm. Um, if he likes it, we'll throw the bubble right now. And obviously we've got that tag with inside zone. So you've got inside zone, um, then you got you got bubble to the left, and you've got double slants to the right. So basically, what he's reading um, first off is the bubble pre-snap. If we've got leverage, we'll throw it. Um, then he's going to look at the box. And in my quarterback and tailback, they talk to each other. Um, I think two people can count better than one. So they they count the box and they determine. Well, do we have numbers in the box? If we do. We're automatically going to give it. That's just the way we are. Um, we want to try to keep that overhang uh, in conflict so he can't fold in the box. So we try to put routes where, you know, it's going to pull him out. Or, you know, if he doesn't, obviously we're going to throw it. But um, And then, you know, the, the post snap is the double slants. So basically he's reading that overhang or he's reading the first linebacker inside the box. Um, you know, if he, if he dives in, then we're going to throw it right behind his ear hole. Um, you know, so that's basically, you know, how we operate. And that's, again, you know, we don't have a lot of complicated RPOs. And basically, if, I, if I'm calling an RPO, I want my guy to read, um, obviously we're going to read the flat defender or we're going to read the first line of the backer inside the box. That's it. My reads don't change. Um, I, can, I can tell him, you know, I can change the read. I can tell him linebacker or flat defender by signal if I want to do that. But we don't – I don't get into the third level. I just don't think you have time, and and it turns yeah. into a play-action pass anyway. I mean, they can call it RPO if they want to, but a lot of times it's play-action pass, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. Uh, but 
but I, if that answers your question, I mean, that's pretty much what we do. Um, you know, we'll, we can obviously tag a slant at any time. You know, if we go trio and, and we have hitch rules on the backside, if there's no backside flat player, we're going to throw the hitch right now. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to, you know, if we're corners back and, and we got inside leverage, we're going to throw the slant. Um, you know, we can tag that or, or the quarterback can tag it itself. Um, you know, the kid, the kid I had at North Monk was very good at it. He would tag it himself. Oh, and, you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that to me, that's for, I mean, I think you can, you know, you talk about the, the one school you're at running 160 plays. I think you can, <laughs> you can kind of, kind of run down the wormhole here on, on RPOs. I mean, it could be a, yeah. you know, a, a dissertation of if then statements. Well, if they do this, then we can do that. If they do that, we can get that. And, and, and you, now all of a sudden you got 26 yeah. RPOs and, and you can't run any <laughs> of them very good. So that's why I was, I was, I was kind of curious as to, to what you do. I mean, I, I mean, I, you kind of answered the question, you know, obviously you're, you're throwing your key screens, you're throwing your gifts to the, to the off coverage, but you know, I just, just kind of wanted to get insight from a guy who's done it for a long time. You know, how many concepts you're carrying? It sounds like you're carrying one or two and you're, you're just dress, dressing it up and and you're teaching your QB how to do it much like you're, you're teaching your run game. Hey, we're not going to do a whole heck of a lot because you know, I don't want my quarterback confused and and holding the ball and, and now making bad, bad reads and bad decisions right yeah and that's what i tell everybody is to them when you're asking that 16 17 18 year old kid to read things it's not going to be good sometimes and no. you're going to have to live you got to live with it and you know we're willing to you know we're willing to live with it um you know it's not always pretty and i i was talking to a coach the other day he said you know he said you know i see a lot of these clips where everybody's showing the good i said coach i've got 250 clips so i can show you the bad <laughs> If you want me to send them to you, I mean it. It's not always good. You have to be, you have to be willing to, you know, you have to be willing to live with the decision the kid makes. Now it's our job to coach the kid up, you know, and and teach him, you know, this is what we want. You know, if they move like this, this is what we want. You know, I mean, that's our job. But again, on the other side of the ball, you're dealing with again fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old kids. That's not going to do the same thing every time. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> So defensive coordinators deal with it just like we deal with it on our side of the ball. I mean, you know, we, we just hope that we're, we're right when they're wrong. So. <laughs> Coach, what are some ways that you, you help your quarterback see that? Is that, um, is that something better to do in practice and giving them live looks, or is that a lot of uh, game plan as far as him watching film? What are some ways that, that you've seen that are the most beneficial when, when you're trying to teach him how to read a certain defender? Um, you know, we do both. I mean, there's, there's film time and there's board time. Um, but to me, reps is the key. Everything we do yeah. is reps and it's, it's live reps. I mean, we, we do, um, you know, we'll start practice off either with a screen drill or an RPO drill, uh, every day. And, and we're, we're doing that live. I mean, we, if we're not doing it with against the defense, we're doing it with coaches or we've got, um, you know, we've got cones or we've got trash cans. We've got something you know, set up moving parts is what we have. Um, you know, again, it's like riding a bicycle. If you don't practice it, you're not going to be very good at it. Um, so reps is the key to what we do. Uh, I, I want them to see it live. Um, again, we do watch film with them, and, and we, we, we send them, you know, we send them stuff through huddle, um, you know, notes and things like that. But, but again, to me, it's, it's the live reps. Um, you know, I believe that's the biggest key. Um, 
that that coaches miss sometimes when you're talking about RPOs. You know, I think that that they they kind of don't you know put in the time. It's kind of like running mesh. You can't just run mesh, you know, two or three times and, and think your kids are going to be good at it. Uh, you know, you have to invest in running mesh. Um, you know, you have to rep it, rep it, rep it. So it's kind of like, you know, it's RPOs. I mean, you just have to rep them and, and give the kids, you know, moving parts. Uh, we like to use coaches. I'll be honest with you. I like to use coaches uh, to do it because sometimes, you know, you put the, you know, you, you put your second string kid over there, or your, you know, your something like that, and he's not, he's not going to give the true look. And it's a headache you know, waiting so like to happen. To oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so we like to use coaches, but you know, again, if we, if we can, we try to go best on best. Um, you know, at a small school, it's hard to do sometimes. I mean, we're a two A school. Um, you know, you just don't have the numbers sometimes to go, you know, to go ones on one. So you you, you try to go the best you can. Um, you know, but again. The answer is live, is live reps for me. I mean, I, I want them to see it live. Coach, you talked about having, you know, a couple of fastball plays or, or however many, and I was kind of curious because when I was at Houston playing and we were air raid, uh, when we were doing our now package, which is kind of what sounds like your fastball package, is um, our run mm-hmm. scheme as far as when we were doing inside zone kind of changed a little bit. When we were just doing regular up-tempo you know, we kind of made our calls. We knew who we were going to. Where when we were in our now package, it was just what we called tracks. I mean, we're going on our tracks, and who, who mm-hmm. didn't matter if they were lined up, didn't matter. We're going to go through our tracks. So, kind of curious, is that something that you guys have, have done, or is it you've repped inside zone so many times that it, it kind of all stays the same and you've kind of seen the looks even out of your fastball packages? Right. It, it stays the same for the most part, but what we do sometimes in, in some of those fastballs, is we'll we'll make a lock call and we'll we'll lock you know a lot of times in our inside zone we're reading we're going to read the backside end anyway uh, you know we're we're just going to leave him and quarterback's going to read him but you know sometimes in our fastballs we'll we'll make a lock call or it's built in anyway to the to the call or to the pictures what I call it because we use you know we use we use pictures or or you know just names and that's how the kids learn it so everything's built in but um, you know sometimes we lock it. And then we'll, you know, we'll we'll read the the uh, the linebacker, um, the mic or the first linebacker inside the box is is what we do. So, you know, sometimes I I think we need to lock it. I mean, it depends on what you're doing RPO wise and how much time it you know that you need. Um, if you got a real aggressive end and you know and, and he's not going to give you a lot of time to 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 do the RPO, he's going to attack the mesh and we'll just lock him and read the backer. Um, you know, just a simple call. I mean, we got it with a simple signal. We can lock it, uh, even without doing a, a fastball or, or or one word. We can just we can just make a lock call. Harper, I've never asked. Did you guys RPO anything at Houston? Um, yes, but it was just. I think it was just kind of when Case wanted to do it. So if he saw it was it was all pre-snap RPOs. Okay, so it was uh you know. It was kind of the whole thing, and you're trying to be smart offensive linemen, and, and you see certain blitzes, and you're like, hey, coach, we're on an inside zone here, and they bring that pressure. What do you want us doing? And he's like, oh, just, just take care of the people up front. Uh, we're going to throw it if we get that look. So uh, it wasn't like uh, RPO like I think of now as far as you're reading a certain guy. If the box the box is favorable, then we're going to run it. If it wasn't, um, he's going to throw it out there. And, and he had kind of what you are talking about, Coach Singleton. He had, he had the um, – they gave him the freedom to kind of call what he wanted to, not what he wanted to, mm-hmm. but 
he had a couple different options that he could give different signals to guys, um, you right. know, to, to tell them, hey, well, we want you doing, you know, whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that much about it. But um, he could kind of take charge. Hey, we got six in the box or he's got certain pressures. I'm going to dump it out to these guys. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I see a lot of coaches sometimes, not a lot, but a few that will say they, their linemen change the way they block when they're RPOing. Well, we don't do that. Hmm. I mean, I want them to block the run as hard as they block the run every time. I, mm-hmm. I, I put it on the quarterback. If we get linemen downfield, that's because we held the football. Um, yeah. So I, it's on the quarterback. So I want them blocking. If we're running power, you're blocking power just like you do when we're running it. Just, I mean, hard as you can go. Uh, inside zone, same way, anything. I just want them doing – I don't want to change those guys. I mean, I, I don't I, – you know, where we go, is we go with them. So if they're confused and playing confused, then we're in trouble. So, you know, I don't – I don't like to say, hey, all right, well, we're running, you know, we're running power here and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we might throw it. So I need you to just kind of, you know, pull through there real easy. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go 100 miles per hour. And if we get a line, you know, I've been called uh, three times in like five years. And, <laughs> no, you know, I'll, be honest, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this year we, we scored a touchdown and, and we were on about the 10. And when my receiver caught it in the end zone, guys, my center was standing about five yards from him, and they didn't. <laughs> no. You know, and I'm just I'm sitting in a box going, "Help! They're bringing that one back." Well, nope, they called it touchdown. So, you know, yeah, and it, it you know, and I, I feel, I do feel, and I have a lot of friends that are defense coordinators, and I, I feel for them a little bit because you know it's it's hard, and they can, you know, they're going to complain about it, and they should. I mean, they should. I mean, it's it's cheating to a point. Um, it, it really is, but you know, until officials start calling it, and you know, I tell, like I said, I tell my my quarterback, my kids, if you get a penalty, it's mine. I, I made the call, I'll take it. So, um, you know, it's kind of like I, uh, I, I the tackles. It. It's kind of like the tackles that are lined up too far in the backfield that never gets yeah. called. I got warned no. for that like eighteen times a game. And I don't think they ever <laughs> called it. I got to my <laughs> junior season, and I was like, I'm just gonna see if they'll ever call it. They never would. Yeah, I just have to get, you have to get worn out by your coach every every uh, time you come over to the bench. <laughs> hey, they said you got to move up. I'm like, yeah, I got you, coach. <laughs> you know, a lot of it is this tempo, though. I mean, they don't have time. I mean, if you're if you're tempoing and and you're going fast, they don't have time to look for all that. No, you know that's what we want to do. I mean, we we want to go fast. I mean, that's that's what we want to do. And it, you know, I, the schools I've been at, um, you know, we we played a lot of good teams, teams that are better than us. Um, you know, we, we've beat some teams that we never should have beaten. The only reason we did is because we tempoed them. We were in better shape, and we knew how to play fast. And, and, you know, they couldn't line up, and they couldn't make their calls, and they couldn't sub like they wanted to. And, and again, it's officials, too. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're having to watch a lot. If you're going fast, then it's, it's tough for them. Um, you know, but you're going to get ones. You're going to get some good ones, and they'll, they'll call it. And they're looking for it. And, and I know the teams we play, they – Coaches tell them, you know, they're going to be downfield. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, but like I said, three times in five years and, and a couple of them really was, it was really close. And then the ones that wasn't close, they didn't call them. I mean, you know, like a senior sitting five yards from the guy in the end zone, you know, and we, we were running, uh, we were running a pin and pull RPO is what we were running our quarterback sweep. And uh, we threw a little, little uh, curl route off of it. 
Um, and he curled it up right there in the end zone. Quarterback threw it, and the center was standing right there. But he, <laughs> he could have turned him into Tyler if he wanted to. <laughs> That's awesome. But, you know, I think I actually posted that clip one time. <laughs> Just <laughs> make all the demons guys mad. Uh, I love yeah, well, posting those on on Twitter all the time, yeah. just making those DCs mad. The one that the one that Penn State had against uh, UCLA, I think it was, oh, yeah. or not UCLA, uh, USC, and I think yeah. they'd run something yeah. similar. And the tackles stand in the end zone too. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. You, you say you're, you know, you're up tempo. One of the things we ran into, and and it was against Coach Walls when he was at Tulsa, because uh, they were cheap, mm-hmm. but. Um, one of the things we ran into was was the fake injury. Uh, you know, they even had a signal yeah. for it, I believe, allegedly. They had a signal for, you know, fake injury. Is that – obviously, you wouldn't want to say that about any of your opponents, but has that been a thing that you've seen um, around the state sometimes where people start going up-tempo and then they, you start seeing uh, injuries where the guys get back into the game uh, within a few plays? Yeah, yeah, we've seen it a little bit. Um no, I mean, not, not as much as you think, but it happens. I mean, it, I, I do remember a time we were playing a team and, um, you know, we, we were up tempo and we were moving it down the field. Next thing I know, the coaches is, is yelling. And I didn't really notice it, obviously, calling the game. Uh, but when you go back and watch it on film, because one of our coaches said that he just fell down. Like, he just – he looked over the sideline and just – I mean, he just flat back. I mean, he just fell down. And, uh, we went back and watched it, and, and their coach is telling him, with you know, he's like, lay down. Lay, lay down. down. So the, yeah, so the kid falls flat on his back, and, you know, within two plays, he's back in the game. And he looked like he had a stroke. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He just fell straight back. <laughs> or like, not like a sniper got him or something, but, you know. <laughs> it, oh, my God. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. But, um, you know, like I said, we don't see it too much, but we have seen it. And then – you know, I, I, I was playing a team one time, and they called three timeouts in a row just to do it. Um, you know, but that's fine. If they want to burn all three timeouts in, in, the, in the, you know, start of the second quarter, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't yeah, get that did. at all. Yeah, they called three straight timeouts, and, and, and just on purpose. I mean, you could tell that's what they were doing. But um, how, 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 we, how we get a better defense instead of calling timeouts? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, coach. Now, <laughs> now you, you you've been a you've been a coordinator obviously for six years now. Do you uh, do you call it from the booth or do you call it from the sideline? I call it from the booth. Okay. Um, I'm I'm uh I'm about five six on a good day, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I don't see I don't see it very well down there. I've tried it. Um, you know, there's there's actually a game this season that I I went I started the game down there. Because uh, I had a young quarterback this year, a very good runner. Um, he struggled a little bit in the passing game because obviously he didn't he didn't play quarterback the year before. He actually started as a sophomore with safety force, and I I took him and turned him into a quarterback. And he's a very good athlete, um, you know. And I just felt that maybe I needed to be down there with him a little bit. And uh, he, uh, I tried it and it wasn't very good. So at halftime, I went after halftime, I went up to the box. So. Um, you know, I just I, I like it up there. I I can see a lot more, and you know, to me, it's it's kind of like you're playing a video game. You just can't control the kids, but but you can see a lot more up there. And then the the other question off of that that I always want to know is, did you have the the big play sheet or did you have the little uh, leech play sheet? 
<laughs> I don't have I don't have the leech play sheet. I can tell you that um, <laughs> somewhere in between. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a you know I don't have a very big play sheet. Um, you know, basically, if you look at my play sheet, if I if I sent you a copy of it, you would see the same thing just out of multiple formations. Mm. Um, you know, in different situations and and things like that. I mean, you know, I always script the first. I'll, I'll try to script the first six plays. I don't go any farther than that. Um, you know, a lot of times you don't even use them when you script them. So, you know, the situation of where you end up, you know, where you get the ball, you know, determines a lot of that scripting stuff. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm 100% with you. I, I had to be in, in the box. You know, there, there's been a couple games where I've gone on the sideline. It's the same thing. I, I, I'm either watching now the, the offensive line or I'm watching the coverage and there's just things I miss where it was, I'm up in the box. I can kind of see it all. And and it's like you said too, it, it's a little bit quieter. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you could sit there, you can collect your thoughts. You kind of get in that zone about what you want to call. And I was the same way. I mean, I, you know, people would ask me, you know, Hey, what's, what's the first play call? And I, I don't really know, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens, yeah. you know, maybe we'll take, maybe we'll take the opening kickoff, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe we get backed up. I don't, I don't know what the first play is going to be. So, I mean, I, we all had plays that we practiced. I, I felt good about all of them. You know, I, that's why I, I, I was kind of laughed at, at scripting plays because it's like, well, yeah, these were our, our 12 favorites. Well, what about the other 35 plays you had on your your play sheet? Why'd you have those on there? You, you kind of like them or what? I'm like, if I put it on my play sheet, I like it, you know? So right. Well, you know, I try to – I do try to have answers, whether it's middle, left hash, right hash. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we in – in practice, that's what we do. I scripted out in practice plays yeah. from the left hash, plays from the middle, plays from the right hash. Um, so our kids know, I mean, they know when we get out there, you know, like, again, like I said, a lot of our first, you know, first of the game, our plays are, are one word calls or, or fastballs, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Our kids are comfortable with it and, you know, and, and that's what we practice and that's what we do. Uh, so they pretty much know, depending on what hash or where the ball is, pretty much they know what's coming. Um, so, you know, I, like, again, that I just want them to, you know, like I said, I want our kids to play with, with confidence and I want them to, you know, I want them to play with a little bit of freedom and, you know, and just have fun. I mean, that's what we try to do. And when we come in to, to difficult situations at schools that have been down, we just, you know, we try to make it fun for them. I mean, you know, we tell them you're going to do, and you're going to be in an offense that you see on Saturdays. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. Um, that's what you know, go ahead. That's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen from a lot of young coaches, and it was one that I, I made the same. Um, you know, ne- luckily I never – wasn't the offense coordinator, so it didn't matter, but I didn't know this until Walls made me go basically do a study of it. But how many plays are, are ran on a hash and almost none in the middle of the field? So how important it is to script your practice and your seven-on-sevens <laughs> and all that stuff from left and right hash as opposed to middle of the field. Right. Well, I mean, we we don't really want to play. We don't play in the middle of the field a lot. I mean, if you yeah. look at a lot of our our film, you'll realize we're hardly in the middle of the field. Uh, we're either on one hash or the other. Um, you know, if we get in the middle, then okay, that's that's pretty good. But we we usually don't end up there. Um, you know, with our quarterback sweeps and our you know our counters and power hitting out there a little bit. You know, you hardly end up in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. 
I, I always loved it. I mean, when, when we had and Harp can laugh about it, when we had Bobby, uh, our RD coordinator, and they ran a four-two-five. So obviously, you have, you know, your, your field defenders and you get your boundary mm-hmm. defenders. So they go to seven on seven, and one, one of the coaches, one of the coaches would always have the ball in the middle. So, so I'd always, you know, and I wouldn't be saying anything, you know, because I'd be laughing about it. And Bobby, hey, where's the field? You know, Bobby, where's the field at? And he's just flipping me off, you know. But yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 so important. I mean, you got to be able to teach your kids and teach your receivers the splits and teach your quarterbacks, like, hey, man, this is going to be a little bit longer throw, and the ball's always in the middle. I mean, you're already kind of setting your dudes up for failure. You're not really teaching them, you know, game yeah. time situational stuff, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I drive my head coaches crazy. Um, I'll throw, I'll throw now screens into the boundary. Because Hell a lot yeah. of times, what, what, what yeah. do you get? Everybody's going to play the field. I mean, they're yeah. going to play that off. They're not going to respect the boundary. So we steal a lot of yards in the boundary. I mean, obviously not in seven on seven, but. Um, you know, but the real game. You know, I'll put, I'll put trips in the boundary over there. I mean, you know, we might not do anything with it, but first I want to see how you line up to it. Um, you know, but eventually you're going to get an out screen over there in the boundary, or you're going to get something in the boundary over there. Um, so, dude, pin, you know, pin pull, pin pull in the boundary, quarterback sweep in the boundary, man. Two of my favorite plays. Definitely, definitely. Well, especially, especially it seems like against some of those four-two-five teams, you go formation into the boundary, you get some really good looks. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Our our defense here at Chase is going to be a four-two-five, so um, mm. and that's what Coach Roberts wants to run. And again, I you know that's it's his defense, that's his baby over there, and and uh, you know we sit down and talk a lot, and you know, and our, our head coach is uh, this is his first head coaching job, but he's been a defense coordinator at. Uh, Crest High School here in North Carolina, real good school. Um, so, you know, they talk a lot about defense, and I kind of – I get scared and run out of the room when they start talking about it. The defensive well, guys really scare me. It'll be fun to see how they line up when you go that uh, empty, too tight, uh, two receivers into the boundary. That'll be fun to see uh, <laughs> see their heads spin around with that one. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they, they're they going to love that one. And, you know, we might go too tight. <laughs> We got two tight empty in the boundary over there. Uh, we love that one too. So, Co- Coach Singleton, what what's your uh, what's your favorite formation? So, like you know, what, if you had to you had to go in, somebody's got a gun to your head, and they're saying, "All right, this is this is Coach Singleton's formation. It's the only one you can run all night." What are you going to do? Kind of like <laughs> kind of like on Tin Cup when they tell you you got to play the back nine with your seven iron. All right, you got yeah, one exactly. formation to call. He doesn't chili dip it. Um, well, <laughs> I, you're gonna put me in a bind because it depends on who the quarterback is. If the quarterback's a runner, man. I, I'll well, you, go you, too tight empty out there all day all right. long. All right, I mean, well, you, you you pick your quarterback, <laughs> man. I'll let you pick your quarterback, but you only get one formation. All right, if I got if my quarterback's a runner, then I'm going too tight empty because I mean I you it. have to declare. You you have to declare. Are you gonna stay in the box? Or are you gonna? You better stay in the box. But that's uh, right. <laughs> We gave teams a, a lot of headaches with, with the two tight empty, but I tell you, I tell you another one though. Just just to, just to throw this out here, we call it tray, mm-hmm. uh, where we go tight end away from trips, um, with the back to the tight end. Um, you know yeah, that it's, that, 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 that that's tough. It's it's tough. That's my um, all time you know, favorite. Yeah, especially if the tight end's a threat. You yes. know, if he's a threat to to get out. Um, 
you know, but that, there's a lot of them, guys. I mean, there, there's a lot of formations. You know, you can get real cute with formations, and, you know, we see it a lot. But that all depends on who your dudes are. I mean, if, you know, again, we had a tailback we could put it tight end. I mean, how many years do you have that? I mean, <laughs> how, many years can, how many years can you put your tight end? I mean, your tailback down at tight end. I mean, that's that's the first for me. <laughs> so, you you yeah. said Tremble's uh, favorite or his uh, most worried about formation was two tight end empty, right? It was always two tight end empty. He's like, we we always got to have an answer for two tight end empty. And he yeah. was scared scared to death of that just because of you know the the five vertical threats. You know, mm-hmm. one one guy is going to be, you know, uncapped, especially if they had five guys that could at least, you know, be a threat to catch the ball. And he said, then if the quarterback can run, he's like, we're going to have a ton of problems. Yeah. And, and that, du- you know, what I really causes du- problems is motion to it. Yes. I mean, if you, if you, if you can motion that tail back out, um, which yes. we do a lot, I mean, we'll start, we'll start what we call two times twins mm-hmm. left or right, yes. you know, and we'll just motion the tail back out. You know, yep, and then yep. you're going, okay, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you go put him in the boundary. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Dub did a lot of that at Jinx. It was fun. And, of course, yeah. I got to coach yeah. tight ends. So, I mean, you had two tight ends that could be vertical threats. It was a blast. Yeah, um, I, I, like, I like his stuff. I, I really hope to get his new book. Uh, I, I just got it. it. I just got it. So, I'm excited to get into it, too. And an, another Another one Dub had done too was he they they did uh, ace you know so two tight ends and then they went all three receivers to the field so it was yeah. like quads so like quads yep. empty and they did a couple a couple of cool things out of that as well but man if you got a QB that can run yeah. a little bit it's fun yeah well that's that's kind of like the X X and the over I mean we we line up in trio and then all of a sudden we motion our tail back out and bring our X receiver over um, you know and. <laughs> You know, teams are like, time out, time out. They got five, you know, five guys on one side of the field. Holy smokes, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it, that's been fun for us. And, you know, and it, it, especially if you do it with tempo. If you're doing, you know, you're tempo, 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 and then you jump in that, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, our, our quarterback uh, this past year loved it. I mean, because he knew that he was either getting ready to get, get big chunks of yards in the box or – or, you know, we, we run our quarterback sweep RPO stuff with that. You know, we run the bubble off of it. And, you know, if they don't, you know, they don't play the quarterback, he's going to run. If they play him, we're just going to throw the bubble. We got it blocked up. Because the best we saw was three over five all year long. So, um, shoot. You know, you look at three over five, you're thinking, okay, well, here we go. But, you know, it's, it's just fun little fun little wrinkle to throw in there and, and if you can do it off tempo, it's it's even better, you know. So what I really like to do is is um getting that bring the X back across and run run the shallow screen back to it. Um, I, you know that's been good for us too. So I'll I'll throw that out there for anybody looking for a nice little little shallow screen wrinkle. You know, getting getting the X or Z over and and bring the Z or the X back and run the shallow screen back to it. Um, you know, so that's a little wrinkle. <laughs> anybody wants to take that but uh, we do that so coach the mo- the most pressing question i have is is how did you guys end up at or how many how many times do people ask you if there's three carolinas that's that's been my big question is, <laughs> it, it's conf- it confuses me because you got north carolina and south carolina and both big schools yeah. and then you've also got east carolina but that's not a real carolina it's a school yeah. in one of the carolinas which i can never remember which and so I, I've got to think that it, it's it gets uh, 
it gets uh, confused a few times by by uh, foreigners, if you will, uh, foreign yeah. Carolinas. <laughs> yeah, well, most people know it as North Carolina because of you know, obviously uh, University of North Carolina. I mean, that's that's you know, you you get that a lot, and then you know, South Carolina. Obviously, they they think of University of South Carolina, but now you got to think because you got Clemson in South Carolina. So, which one's the university? You know, which uh, university yeah. do you want to come into South Carolina? I mean, right now I'm looking at it going, well, Clemson. Yeah, you but, just see Clemson right now. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't so, know. Yeah. I would. I'd like to. I'd think that people would like to know that that was Clemson, but I don't think I knew Clemson was in South Carolina. I don't think I had any idea. Clemson yeah. was somewhere over there, and I didn't know it was in one of the Carolinas. Then you got East Carolina. Which one's East Carolina in? East Carolina's in, in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, see, that, that doesn't make any sense. That shouldn't be – you can't have East Carolina in North Carolina. Yeah, then, then, then you got North Carolina State. So, <laughs> Dude, there's, there's, a, there's a Western Carolina, too, isn't there? Yeah, Western Carolina is about – um, 20 minutes from me. Yeah. So, so is it North Carolina as well? Yes, it's North Carolina. Yep. So yep. East, North, and West Carolina are all in North Carolina. <laughs> there's some football around here now, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, that's right. And let me tell I went to East Carolina to play in a game, and it was my it was one of my favorite away games to go play at. Those people yeah. loved their football. Yeah, it's uh, it's big basketball too. I mean, you got Carolina, you got Shoot. Duke, you got North Carolina State. Yeah, um, you know, so it's there's some we play some sports down here, that's for sure, and uh, it, it's been a good place to live. You know, we we live right outside Asheville. Um, you, I don't know if you heard of Asheville, North Carolina, but yeah, yeah. oh that's, yeah, uh, of course, that's where we live. We we live about 15 minutes from Asheville. Uh, now, where's so, where's the nice beach? Which one's which Carolina is it in? South Carolina. South Carolina. Well, okay. Well, you're talking about Myrtle Beach. It's in South Carolina. But there's, I mean, there's the Outer Banks here in North Carolina. I mean, uh-huh. you got, I mean, there's there's a lot of beaches on the, the North Carolina end also. So, hmm. but you know, a lot of people associate that you know Myrtle Beach to be you know South Carolina, and that's where a lot of people vacation to, and and we do some. I mean, we you know we, we try to mix it up between there and Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, every Coach- other year. So. Coach, what's some of the stuff you try to do, like, kind of outside of football? I know, like, like Coach Harper and I, we'd always try to go at least golf one day a week just because I thought it was something kind of nice to, to, to get your mind maybe off of a little bit of football. You'd, you'd still talk a little bit there, but, you know, to me it's just kind of a, a fun, relaxing deal you could do. Go think a little bit, take your mind off of ball. You do anything like that? Is there any cool stuff you like to do to kind of unwind maybe during the season? Or you pretty much just strictly ball? <laughs> no, I mean I try to do some things, and golf is not one of them because I'm a horrible golfer. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and put that out there for the world. I'm uh, horrible at golf, um, but you know I, I try to I try to spend time with my family. Okay. <clears throat> you know um, I got a five year old son. I've got a uh, a ten year old daughter, or eleven year old daughter, and a nine year old daughter. So <clears throat> we try to you know we try to do things as a family, whether it's hiking or or you know going fishing or or just throwing ball in the yard or, or, you know, things like that. Um, you know, just, just trying to spend time with the wife and the family and, and just get my mind off football. That's what I try to do. Awesome. Well, coach, um, you know, we're kind of running up on an hour. And so the last thing I always ask coaches is you're watching film, you're watching another team's offensive line. 
Uh, what's some things that they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Well, I mean, you can tell you can tell when you're watching film of uh, of offensive line how well they're coached. I mean, you know, the, the way they do things, it's the little things. You know, the, on zone, that, that the first zone step. I mean, if you watch it, and we practice it a ton, that first step on zone. And you can watch teams and, and tell that they, you know, they practice what they do up front. I mean, and that's what I that's what I look for when I when I watch a lot of teams and and obviously it's not going to be perfect especially at the high school level but you can tell the teams that really practice it and 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 take time to be good up front you know in today's game you know you got the teams that want to <clears throat> spread it out throw it sixty five times a game and they don't really worry about how good they are up front but uh, I like the teams that take the time to be good up front um, you know we try to be <clears throat> we try to be good up front. Um, you know, because you're only going to go as far as those big boys take you. Mm-hmm. You can throw it all you want to, but eventually it's going to come a time you're going to have to run it. So, you know, you want those big boys to, to be ready for that. You know, I heard a coach speak at a clinic this year, and basically they said, you know, he's talking about his offensive line, and, you know, they had people running free, and, and they were just throwing as fast as they could, quick game. And he said, well, we didn't block them, and we didn't really care whether he blocked them or not. Well, Jeez. You know, when your quarterback when your quarterback's laying over there on the gurney and you can't throw it, <laughs> then uh, you'll care. You know, you, you, then you'll care. So, you know, and I always tell my quarterbacks too. Um, you know, I want them to be in sync with that offensive line. They know, you know, we got to know where protections are. We got to know where we're protected and where we're not. You know, and I always tell them it's his rib cage, not mine. So, <laughs> you know, mine's not going to hurt when you take one in the ribs because you didn't help set the protection. You didn't know where you wasn't covered. So. You know, we we try to you know we we try to give them boys love and they protect us and and again, um, you know, good offensive line coach is gonna, you know, he's, they're they're gonna practice and they're gonna be good up front. And I, I've been blessed to have um, a couple of good O line coaches with me um, for the past few years and and I give them a lot of credit. Coach, I know you got a, a couple of things out there, so I'm gonna let you, you know, kind of, kind of finish off here with the plug for for some of your your books and and some of the stuff you've done. So I'll kind of turn it over to there because you got some really good stuff out there. Yeah, I've got um, you know, uh, the rule of fours on Coach Tube. Um, you know, it's again, it's a pretty good price. I mean, you can get it for uh, fifteen dollars, and it talks about how to be simple. Um, you know, in your, in your offensive scheme. And then I've got another one called Unlocking the Air Raid DNA. Um, you know, if you're looking for full air raid, that's not what that course is. Um, it talks about air raid concepts and things we do, but it also talks about our whole offense. Um, you know, basically you could take that course um, and, and install that offense. You could actually have a whole offensive system off that course uh, for $20. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do those for the money, uh, to be honest with you. They're, you know, they're more just to help people. And, uh, you know, I've done a few with Mike, uh, Micro. Yep. Uh, he's been really good. He's been really good to me. So <clears throat> we've uh, got together, done a few projects together. And, you know, we've got we've got an, uh, an RPO one, uh, you know, talking about how we attack defenses with RPOs. So we just come out with one of, of the hottest plays uh, in 2017 from, from all levels, high school, college, in the NFL that we we were sitting broke down film and and uh you know diagrammed it up and wrote about it and getting ready to come out with the uh excuse me getting ready to come out with the uh passing part of it here pretty soon so first part to run game um 
and then the second part will be pass game. So, again, you know, those courses are out there. They're all on Coach Tube. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, guys want to check them out. But, again, we don't – I don't do them for the money. I do it to help. And, and again, I'm always available uh, through Twitter, or which is at Slade248. And, and you know, I always tell coaches, you know, my, my inbox is always open or – you know, email if you know if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I don't mind to share and and help uh, you know help out in any way I can. No, coach, I think that's awesome, man. I, like I said, I've I've followed you on Twitter for a while. I think you you do a lot of great stuff. You, you're a creative coach. You know, you 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 coach to the kids that you have, and and I think the the biggest thing that we could even take away from this this thing is, I mean, you have a super amount of fun coaching football, and to me, that's what it's all about, man. So. It was awesome having you on. I appreciate you coming and and spending an hour with us, man. I had a blast. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.